ETL Echo presents A Proposal by Any Other Name by Lucid Lucy. Chapter 19. Murphy's Law. The next day, 2.10 p.m. The plane ticket in her hand feels heavy, heavier than a single piece of paper should. Ray grazes her thumb over the departure date, thinking back to the desk lady who sold it to her. Maybe the ticket lady had known things would go infinitely wrong for Ray. Maybe she'd thought that after getting to her boyfriend, Ray would want to spend some time in the land of enchantment. Either way, she'd been granted all this time and could board her plane tomorrow and go back to her life as usual and forget that all of this happened. That brings a sharp pain under her ribs, and she can't decide on whether the ache is in a different response to her misfortune or having to forget. So she lifts her eyes from her plane to get home and looks about the train station instead. There are a few people there all of them gazing about as they collectively wait for the train to arrive. All of them look like they've been having fun in Ireland. She immediately envies them that, eyeing an overly chipper group of tourists swarming together and chattering away with enthusiasm. Ray automatically searches for a pair of gold-brown eyes that aren't there. Stop it, Ray. She closes her eyes and breathes in slowly while counting back from ten. An old but useful tactic. Refusing to let the unease in the back of her head chew at her from the inside out and trying her best as she can to empty her mind. But her thoughts keep going back to Kylo Ren. To that first crashing domino that started the chain reaction which would end with her standing here at the train station by herself. Seriously? I never would have pegged you for one. Then again, she had teased when he'd confessed that he'd come to Ireland to become a hermit. Kylo had lifted a petulant eyebrow in her direction. Then again, what? Kylo had asked, frowning. But his eyes had twinkled, and Ray hadn't been able to help herself when he turned to look at her. Something about the way he focused on her. She'd gone for it. It would be her one big mistake. You know. She waved her hand in his face, closer than she'd meant to. Close enough for the air to disturb his hair and his breath to warm her palm. And when she'd spoken next, he'd somehow transformed right in front of her eyes the big bad wolf that hunted for little girls in red capes. Still, she laughed. She laughed when he then asked her to enlighten him. Laughed even as he moved closer because she could hardly find it in herself to be terrified of a wolf with golden brown eyes, even if he was right next to her. Laughed as she once again taunted him by waving her hand in his face, about to make a childish joke about his nose being the reason he wanted solitude. Because Kylo Ren may be wolfish, down to the thick waves of his jet black hair, and his eyes that glowed more golden than brown in the firelight. But he was hardly dangerous. At least, that's what she'd thought. Until, that is, he'd grabbed her hand and hovered over her, effectively boxing her in with his elbows. And Ray's heart had started to stutter. He was awake this time, awake and looking at her the same way he had before while running a raging fever. And perhaps it was this fact that now made her shiver as she valiantly tried to meet his gaze. Kylo looked at her like he wanted to devour her. A tasty little morsel for the taking, and he a very hungry creature. He looked like he'd forgotten to wear his sheepskin as he smiled down at her, his fingers lacing with her own, though he'd hardly noticed. Are you making fun of me, duckling? He had asked, and her heart stopped stuttering and started racing at the way his words ended on a soft, deep-chested rumble, his fingers tightening around hers for a moment. That stupid nickname. Then he jerked away, pulling away from her with lightning speed as if yanked by the collar, freeing her from the prison he'd made for her inside his arms. 
Ray had bolted upright, citing exhaustion as her excuse to end the night while awkwardly running her fingers down her clothes and stealing half-glances in his direction. Kylo had simply nodded, seeming to remember his well-mannered disguise and bid her a good night. He hadn't come upstairs to sleep, and Ray had to write out her mixed feelings of relief and disappointment all by herself, her eyes permanently glued to the ceiling. She hadn't slept that night, deciding then and there that she could not stay after that. Instead, she just spent the night rolling around in her own well-brewed concoction of despair and embarrassment, with a nice juicy side of pent-up frustration for her to drown in every time her mind's eye turned to Kylo Ren's lips, whispering about kissing her properly. It had been a very, very long night. It had been an even longer morning the next day as they bid their goodbyes to their hosts, awkwardly taking their few possessions and packing them into the car he'd bought from Martin, because of course he would. Throwing money at his problems was Kylo Ren's M.O., then the time of reckoning had come, and Ray had very quickly told Kylo that she would be returning home. He had not liked that one bit. He'd asked why. She repeated the same old reasons she'd given him before. Work, life, bills. Yes, she could deal with plot she'd promised a million times. Yes, she'd be fine. She'd reassured him of the same thing again when they'd finally arrived at the train station. Not that it altered Kylo's dark expression or placated his doubts. She glances at her plane ticket again, then reaches into her pocket and grabs her phone thumbing the home button and opening up her abnormally bare contact list. Finn, Poe, Jessica, Phoebe, Plut, a number she hadn't dialed in years but kept around nonetheless. Two college friends who sometimes wish her happy birthday and a new name. Kay Wren. Kylo had taken her phone and added his number the second they'd stepped up to the platform, all while grumbling about her stupid decision to return to New York on her own, then shoved the phone back in her hand and stared at her dead in the eye. If you run into problems, he'd clipped before turning on his heel and leaving without another word. That would be the extent of their goodbyes. It was fine, she'd promised herself. It was fine, and the dull ache blooming inside her had nothing to do with his retreating back when up until now he'd always been walking towards her instead. It had nothing to do with Kylo Ren getting back in the car and driving away without a second glance. It was fine. She'd never been good at goodbyes anyway. She looks up from her screen, momentarily distracted from her thoughts by the sound of roaring engines as a train approaches on her side of the tracks. And everything else happens too quickly. A group of tourists all chattering excitedly in a foreign language crowd around her as the train pulls up and the doors open. They push forward as one, completely taking over her personal bubble, jostling her so hard in their haste to get inside the train that Ray's hold on her phone and tickets slip. Shit, she calls, turning around and bending down to grab her phone trying hard not to get knocked on her face by the crowd. Shit! She reaches further, weaving her arm past the rush of bodies trying to get on board before the door closes, and finally becomes a lifelong subscriber to the theory of Murphy's Law when she manages to grab her phone, only for somebody to accidentally kick her plane ticket into the thin edge between the platform and the train itself. Sorry! Somebody calls out to her, probably an apology for the knee that meets her shoulder, and knocks her back, nearly landing her on her ass. Shit! Wait, 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 stop, she calls, but the bodies keep pushing, trying to get inside before the doors close. Ray tries desperately to grab the last visible bit of the white paper as it slips through, trying not to get trampled by tourists entering the train when the doors ring and force her to remove her hand or have her fingers crushed. Murphy's Law, all right. Ray groans, letting the doors close as she stands up again, but she's too tired to even start railing against whoever up there had been messing with her all this time. Her energies had been thoroughly spent already. Well, out of all the things that had happened to her, this one wasn't so bad. 
At least this one could be fixed. Sorry. Somebody once again calls to her, but she's too busy watching the blur of green landscape zooming past. Replaying the train wreck that's been the last week and a half of her life on loop while rubbing her stinging shoulder. All of this, and for what? Just so she could go home empty-handed? Ray rests her forehead against the cold glass, her eyes trained on her phone. At least this time, it has plenty of battery life. Small silver linings. She should call the airport just in case. Make sure she could request a new printout of her ticket at the counter. Or she could call Finn, check in with him, see how he's doing. Tell him about how insane her days have been. Get a chance to hear him call her Peanut. Inform him she's just going back home. The thought sends another wave of dull pain through her, manifesting in an odd tingling at her fingertips. She tightens her hold on her phone, then hits the home button, the screen lighting up where she'd last left it, her contact list. Finn, Poe, Jessica, BB, Plutt, two college friends, and a new name. Kay Wren. Ray presses the last one and quickly brings it up to her ear before she can change her mind listening to the ringtone intently. She would thank him, she reasons. She would thank him, then move on with her life. She isn't good at saying goodbye, but he deserves as much. He picks up on the third ring. Let me guess, you're in trouble? Comes the familiar voice from the other end. Despite herself, Ray smiles. Why would you think I'm in trouble? She asks, eyes glued on the green hills as they pass. There are no hellos, just like there had been no goodbyes. I told you to call me if you ran into problems, he responds, the sound of his car's engine coming as white noise in between silent breaks. I... She begins, letting her gaze lift to the skies. Big puffy clouds passing by faster than she can focus on any individual one. I wanted to say thank you. I wanted to say goodbye. I wanted to... I lost my plane ticket. Kylo lets out a snort but remains silent, waiting for her to continue. Ray bites on her lower lip, refusing to embarrass herself further by telling him exactly how it happened. She could always request another one at the counter. A minute slowly ticks by, filled only with Kylo's breathing and the sound of his engine and the ch-ch-ch of the train running on its tracks. So what now? He asks. There's a small amount of distortion from hearing his voice through the phone rather than in person, and it's distracting. It makes his voice sound deeper than usual from the phone being held so close to his mouth. Ray licks her lips and pinches her eyes closed for a moment, forcing herself to concentrate. She should tell him she'd call the airline, then Finn, then go home tomorrow, but he already knows she'd be going back, and he'd been less than enthusiastic about it, continually shooting disgruntled looks her way the whole drive from Martin's house to the next train station, absentmindedly thumbing his lower lip in irritation, or running his fingers through his hair. Ray had remained silent then, so she remains silent now. Maybe it's a sign from the universe he says, as if reading her mind. And though he intones the words slowly, carefully, as if unsure whether to be happy or upset about this new development, Ray can't help the chuckle that escapes her. The universe has a fucked-up sense of humor, then. Why can't it send me a butterfly instead? She sighs, her eyes still trained on the blurry skies. Kylo chuckles. Knowing you, you wouldn't notice it unless it slammed into you. This seems much more effective. Shouldn't you be calling your boyfriend? Kylo asks. It suddenly strikes her how odd it is to be talking to this man on the phone like this. Yeah, she replies, fingers tapping on the glass absentmindedly, trying hard not to think too hard about the fact that, at the first sign of trouble, she'd called somebody she'd only met so many days ago instead of the man she'd spent so many years of her life with. 
Yeah. Another moment of silence. Ray concentrates on every drawn breath coming from one end of the line, soothing and certain, like counting down from ten. She should finally say her thanks, her goodbyes, and hang up. She doesn't. Instead, she presses her phone closer to her ear, listening to Kylo remain on the other side, quiet and patient, neither one of them willing to hang up just yet. Ray? Kylo asks, her name falling from his mouth with startling familiarity. Ray blinks, her eyes open. Hmm? She asks. Call me when you get to New York, he says, his words gentle yet hesitant. It's not what he'd wanted to say. She smiles. Won't you be too busy running an Irish pub? She asks, tone light and teasing. The conversation once again plunges into silence. It's not an awkward silence, though, so Ray rests her forehead against the window glass again and lets herself admire the countryside. After what feels like an eternity, Kylo finally speaks. I can make time, he murmurs. Her vision blurs for a moment. Ray blinks it away quickly so as to avoid having to acknowledge the disquiet or its source, then sighs and rubs her eyes, allowing herself a few seconds to compose herself before making up her mind. She looks up at the little screen, displaying the next train stop. What does she have to lose at this point? Would you mind making another small detour? She asks, trying desperately to sound lighthearted because if trekking across Ireland following her, instead of getting to Dingle, wasn't a detour, Ray doesn't know what is. Still, she holds her breath and waits for his answer. When he finally speaks, she wonders why she'd bothered to do so to begin with. Somehow, deep inside her, she'd always known what his answer would be. Sure. 3.15 p.m. He's already waiting on the platform when she exits the train at the next stop. She finds him leaning against a metal column, hands shoved into his jean pockets, and his head immediately starting to shake the second he spots her. She can almost hear him thinking about the clumsy duckling who would lose their ticket the second she was left by herself. Ray breathes in deep and starts marching towards him, a walk of shame in all but name as the tiny smile spreading across his face widens the closer she gets to where he stands. Hello, stranger, he finally says when she walks up to him, hands tightly fisted on the strap of her bag in front of her chest. Long time no see. Such a long time indeed. I called you to say goodbye, you know. She says, and Kyla's brows lift when she steps up so close that she has to look up at him. Okay. I called to say thank you and goodbye, but then you had to go and talk about the universe. She begins, eyes narrowed, the words spilling out of her faster than she's used to speaking. Fast enough so that she can't regret it when she speaks next, or overthink it, or clam up. And maybe it does want to send me a message, because seriously, how does one lose their ticket home so easily? The corner of Kyla's lips twitch but he bites on his lip to keep from saying anything. So Ray takes it as an opportunity to continue. So I figured, okay, what can it hurt? I listened to the stupid universe for once. It's not like I have anything else to do at home other than sit and wallow in my misery. She lets out a resigned, melodramatic sigh to cover up the fact that that would have indeed been her plan upon getting home. It's been over a week, right? I can do three more. That's a whole month. At least I can wallow in misery in the company of a friend instead. Ray hesitates for a second, her grip on her bag strap tightening when, for the first time in her life, she asks for help. Is the job offer still open? She asks, refusing to flinch away and hide as Kylo inspects her expression. Mm-hmm, he says, shoving his hands deeper into his pockets while keeping a perfect poker face. Ray pinches her nose. Is it paid? She asks. 
If not, just food and lodging in exchange for work is fine. Kylo finally smiles. It's paid. She nods. Good. She could use that money to buy her plane ticket home when the time came. Ray brings in a deep gulp of air, letting her shoulders truly relax for the first time all day, then looks at him and scrunches up her nose. Don't look so smug, she chides, and Kylo gives her a goofy, mischievous smile, a wolf in sheep's clothing. Who, me? You're the one who called me, duckling, he says, prying himself off the column and moving to stand next to her. It startles her how tall he is, despite having known it for so long now. He makes a grab for her bag strap, and she lets him, watching as he then flings it over his shoulder. I got Louie, come on, he says, about the bag, turning on his heel towards the exit and leaving her to follow quietly behind. Kylo tosses her bag, Louie, onto the back seat of the 1960s red Camaro and closes the door before motioning her to get in. It's the kind of car old men like Martin purchase to continually work on, but never actually drive in fear of accidentally putting a scratch on the hood. And Martin had taken excellent care of it the glossy finish of the cherry red paint completely spotless. She thinks back to Martin's face, eyes bright and smile wide as he handed over the key and in turn received a check for a very nice sum of money. Glad that somebody's finally taking his old girl out for a spin. Kyla gives the hood an affectionate pat on his way to the driver's seat and Ray rolls her eyes. Maybe not just old men. She gets in on the passenger side and buckles up, then turns to Kylo. Though his hands are already on the shift and the wheel, his attention is decidedly on her. He smirks. Yeah, yeah, you got what you wanted, she sighs. Now drive. Yes, ma'am, he says, his smirk widening as he shifts into first gear, then second, then deftly maneuvers them out of the parking lot. It's as if she'd never gotten out of the car this morning to begin with. Except this time, Kylo Ren seems to be in a much better mood, quietly whistling to himself as he drives, looking way too big in a too small car cab. She closes her eyes and listens to his nonsensical whistles relaxing her muscles one by one and letting her mind wander. The sound of Kylo's whistling and the car engine lulling her with an odd sense of comfort. She has a plan now. Plans were good. Plans gave her direction. Plans kept her from living on the street or from starving. They gave her something to strive for. In the face of all her misfortunes, ending up stuck with Kylo Ren might have turned out to be a blessing after all, no matter how irritating he could be at times, and now her plans depended on him. Were you really calling to say goodbye? He asks, and Ray's eyes shoot open. It takes her a second, but then she takes in the noticeably darker, cloudy sky. A glance at her phone informs her that it's way later than when she'd gotten in the car. She'd fallen asleep. Well, you certainly didn't say it. She replies, curling her toes inside her shoes and readjusting in her seat to look at him. Her own small version of a stretch. I didn't think you wanted me to, he replies, thumbing his lip again. She'd started to pick up on his nervous tics, and this one was oddly endearing. She shakes her head. You weren't wrong. She lies. So, how long until we reach your uncle's pub? A couple hours. Mm, she says, fidgeting with her phone again. Would you mind taking another small detour? Sure. How many detours had he made for her by now? How many more precious hours spent? How much had he given her for no reason other than she was alone and lost? Certainly more than most had given her in her life. You deserve better, he'd said, feverish and clinging onto her like a lifeline for the first time in all their time spent together. And even then, he'd only thought to put her first. Ray opens up her contact list again and stares at Finn's name. 
reciting his number in her head digit by digit without needing to look, then quietly counting the seconds as they pass, before her eyes fall on Kylo's name, hesitating for just a second. It takes her two clicks to add his name to her favorites, her heart doing a weird little flip. Then she opens his contact and starts reading the phone number absentmindedly, steering it into the back of her mind. She might as well. She probably would be calling him a lot more often in the next three weeks. About last night, Kylo starts. Ray sits up straighter in her seat, knocking her knees together. It's nothing. Forget about it, she says before he can continue, snatching sidelong glances at him. If anything, it was my fault. I'm sorry. Kylo looks at her for a second, hand tightening on the wheel before his eyes turn back to the road. You apologize too much. You know that, right? I'm sorry, she replies automatically to his accusation. Perhaps apologizing for the awkwardness, or maybe she's apologizing for something else. She doesn't know. She hadn't known what she'd been doing with this man for over a week and a half now. Kylo lets out a soft chuckle. You also don't listen very well, apparently. He shakes his head and gives her a wry smirk, though it disappears quickly enough when once again he focuses on the road ahead. I should be the one apologizing. If I made you uncomfortable in any way, know that it wasn't my... It's fine, she repeats. Look, if I'm going to survive the next three weeks with you, you have to stop reminding me about how I've made an utter fool of myself repeatedly. Kylo hums, his airs of amusement returning. All right, fine. As long as you don't remind me of the multiple times I've done the same. Deal. Kylo laughs at her rushed agreement, reaching for the radio, turning it on, and Ray finally sinks back into the leather seat, gazing out of the window at the beginnings of incoming rain spattering the glass. She wraps her arms around her waist and closes her eyes, thinking that perhaps her string of bad luck has finally come to an end. 4.35 p.m. Ray weaves in and out of consciousness to the muffled sound of the radio, only to once again be abruptly brought back to a different sort of noise. A dying engine. She should have known better than to start counting her blessings too quickly. What? She looks up, startled into alertness, listening to Kylo cussing under his breath. Wait here. Kylo gets out of the car into what's now become a full-on rain, and Ray watches out of the rearview mirror as he props open the trunk. A minute later, he slams it shut, stalking all the way back and plopping himself into the driver's seat, shaking the water out of his hair before turning off the engine. He frowns at the keys, as if everything that's ever happened were their fault, and Ray would find it hilarious if not for the fact that she's been conditioned into expecting the worst. Kylo rubs at his face, clearing away the droplets of water pooling on his lashes before turning to Ray with a dry smile. We're out of gas. Thank you for listening to this chapter of A Proposal by Any Other Name, written by Lucid Lucy. If you enjoyed this reading and would like to stay up to date on upcoming chapters as well as other stories from ETL Echo, follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Tumblr, and YouTube at etl.echo.audiobooks. ETL Echo. Echoing tales of enemies to lovers.